for well, not that's not very very good. That's standard generic right. default for music. But that so is standard called for what we would call 384 kilobits per second. But you know, people discovered that 128 sounded pretty good and was much smaller. So that's kind of where 128 comes from when it comes to music. Is that's what to most people sounds okay. Now, anybody who's an audiophile, you know, who are one of the most unhappy people on the face of the earth, <laughs> um, they don't like it. Today on Hacker Public Radio, adding a stereo to your computer. It's me, Deep Geek. Stick with us. We'll be right back. So okay, that uh, intro was a actually a sound clip of Stank and uh, Jason Scott and uh, Binrev number fifty nine, which is the the uh, sound formats episode. I thought it was such a, such a great idea to do as an intro for the uh, to my uh, stereo adding adding project uh, because you know the way he said that and the way Stank giggled, you know, you know audiophiles who are some of the most unhappy people in the world. You know, I mean, I'm not an audiophile, but, you know, I, I kind of admire the people who did the podcast thing before me, and it's going to take me a while to, like, even approach the number of episodes others have done. So I figured, well, I'm going to be here a while, so if I'm going to be, you know, listening to the to uh, these podcasts before I send them out, I want to hear what they really sound like. So uh, I pursued a little search for better fidelity, but no, no, I didn't go out and like you know spend a billion dollars on a home studio. I didn't go that far, but I thought you might want to hear my story first. So let me tell you a little story about how this thing got started. You know, I told you my motivation, but so. I decide, you know, instead of using the little crappy desktop speakers, I'm going to run it over to my, my big stereo. And my big stereo is one of those all-in-one things. You know you know the deal, right? It's like a 5-CD changer. It's two tape decks. You know, an all-in-one thing from Sony. You know, everyone's favorite company. So I go to Radio Shack. I buy these cables. Plug in the back of my sound, sound uh, my motherboard sound jack. Over I go quick play and some music I was familiar with. Guess what? It sounded like shit. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my ears. So you, you should you gotta imagine me, you know, straddle over over the, the, the box. <laughs> and so I turn on the desktop speakers and I'm pulling the plug out and I'm putting in the desktop speakers and they sound better. So I'm like, wait, this is wrong the good stereo is supposed to sound better than the shitty computer speakers. That cost me 20 bucks. I felt, you know, oh, this is horrible. And it's just started a whole thing with me because it was just unacceptable. So what I'm going to tell you about today is, you know, 
how I overcame that and uh, got, you know, what I think is the ideal sound for me. Um, now, I want to say sound's a personal thing. So, like, it's going to be from my point of view and what I think is good. And I would love nothing more than not being the last contributor to HPR to talk about doing something like this. Because what I think is good for me, I like to hear people who do, did something else and why they think theirs is better than what I did or why theirs is better for them than how come mine is better for mine. You know what I mean? So that's where I hope we go. So I'm going to tell you how I did it, why I did it, what I think about it, and I really hope someone you know, disagrees and makes another episode of Hacker Public Radio and I'll get another perspective. I think that would be cool. So what was up with those four whistles? Well, yeah, I thought instead of just, you know, starting by talking about, like, frequency, I thought I'd give you a little demonstration. Now, think about the whistles I just played for you. Now, the first one you could probably hear fine, and they got higher and higher in pitch, and either, depending on your age, you heard the sound fainter and fainter, or you didn't hear the last one completely. So, if you're wondering what these whistles were, well, I'll give you a hint. If you have a dog or a cat in the room and their ears perked up, I was just tooting on a uh, dog trainer whistle. You know, most fun three bucks I ever spent in the pet store in my life. You know, I, you know, call 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 the cat dog for dinner, whatever. But uh, you know, I like any doodad that does something weird. I'm in for. Anyway. So, the reason I had this for an introduction, those sounds, is because, you know, I want to talk about, I told the story about, about this old, old stereo sounding bad, but the question becomes, you know, how do we know what's going to sound good before we buy it? And we have to measure sound quality in some way, and we're geeks, right? We're, uh, we're hackers, we're computer guys, whatever you want to call it. So we use numbers. So those numbers, you know, get higher and higher. Now, a human drops off at 20,000 20, hertz. And if you Google um, comparison frequency hearing different animals, you'll have some interesting reading, I assure you. So, like I said in my story, my stereo didn't sound so good. I knew it wasn't playing back right, right. I didn't know why. So what did I do? Well, I went to I went to the internet. I began reading around, and I found this really, really interesting metric. It's called harmonic distortion. And I actually found that there's the tests that the people who make the stereos do, and there's people who check up on them by doing their own tests. And so you can actually go with a piece of hardware that reproduces sound onto the internet and Google, you know, that device and 
harmonic distortion and you can see the number and what I found out was that clock radios have a harmonic distortion or an error of about 10% and guess what so did my Sony all-in-one stereo so that was really interesting and I also found out when I look when you look at stereos that if you go to if you use a website like I I, I knew I was I kind of like I'm a Radio Shack guy so I looked at Radio Shack's website and they had statistics right there on the site for all the equipment so if I'm reading the specs and they tell you you know it re reproduction was tested for up to 20,000 Hertz some say up to 24,000 Hertz now there's no point in you spending your hard-end earned money buying a stereo system that's going to reproduce perfectly stuff only your pets can hear that would not make sense that's one of the reasons why I thought that that intro quote with with uh, audiophiles are naturally unhappy people was interesting so you know harmonic distortion so I found out that my stereo had the same as a clock radio which is not good now I also googled around different sound cards and you can get that for different sound cards now we're talking about something between one half and one percent with different sound cards so the lower you get the closer to 0.09 you get the more expensive the equipment gets but I just want to sound you know I'm a guy who likes a little bit better I don't need it to be perfect you know so I said well if I could get under one percent I could be happy so what I did was I said well I'm gonna buy a stereo and plug the stereo into the into the computer and um, you know I want to go a little bit later about why I said I'll buy a stereo but so I went to Radio Shack I looked at different ones I picked essentially a receiver that was on sale and I knew enough to look up the harmonic distortion the frequencies it could play back it was nice so I bought it I bought a couple of desktop speakers which are bigger um, no not desktop speakers I bought a couple of bookshelf speakers which are much bigger than desktop speakers and I bought the cables hooked it all together and I got really really nice sound out of it so what the, what's it like you know connecting the computer to the to the stereo well the arrangement isn't too com complex it's basically four parts involved you get them at your Radio Shack store you know, there's um, a, a extension for what's called the RCA cables, which the stereo is looking for for input. And those are male-male um, extend a male-male extender. And uh, there's two pairs of wires joined that make a trunk that go to the other end of the extension. So you need that, and then there is this Y-shaped set of wires. That actually plug into the mini jack on the back of your computer and uh, they come out with two RCA jacks and the RCA jacks these come out in 
or males also. So then you just need these two little round things. They're female-to-female -female converters. And you plug them all together, and you hook it into the back. And then you push aux on your selector. You power, you know, you power it on, you push aux on the selector. You adjust your volume, you begin playing it. Sounds great. Now, before I talk to you about what you can do with, with a, with a, when you use a computer as a stereo, because it's, it, the, the, the vista you will have of things you can do with a Linux-based computer being your stereo is much different than just buying a stereo. But before I get into that, you know, I want to go into some of the, some of the logic that drove some of the decisions I made. Now, you might notice that, you know, I plugged in to my computer. I didn't talk about the intermediate step of buying a sound card. Maybe I should buy a sound card. I don't know. The output sounds pretty good to me. Like I said, you know, younger, younger people might have different perceptions of sound. So I thought it would be, you know, a little bit wasteful to buy it, a sound card because the onboard sound seems to be performing fine. I'd love to hear other people talk about whether or not sound card or not to get a separate sound card. And the last I heard of it was in the old binary revolution radios. And uh, those were a while back. And I do believe that the motherboard onboard sounds sound systems have improved a lot over the past five years. I heard that. So I still think it sounds better than, than my old stereo because I'm coming from the all-in-one stereo to a real stereo. So it sounds good to me. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm also feeling out, hoping another HPR recorder will answer me back in a way and give me more information. Maybe make me go... Show me how I can go even further. So, you know, I decided to stick with motherboard. I did look around. Now, I have a uh, an NVIDIA chipset uh, motherboard with a with an with an AMD based computer on it. So I, fa I I didn't find my specific motherboard listed, googling for harmonic distortion, but most of the NVIDIA's had that statistic harmonic distortion under one. So I thought it was pretty good. Now, the other thing I decided against that I noticed was that a lot of people were going to 5-channel. Now, when I get music, typically I either convert a CD I already have, or I borrow a CD from a friend of the library, and I convert. So, my master, the CD, is 2-channel. You know, I don't see the point of getting the 5-channel. Because the stuff I listen to is going to be two-channel. And I kind of looked around the web, and it looks like, but I'm not sure how it works, but it looks like it's a uh, computer simulation of what five sound, uh, a, a electronically generates um, five channels from a two-channel input. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought stereo was just fine. As far as having multiple speakers... My receiver has outputs for two sets of speakers, marked A and B. So if I ever want surround, I can get another pair of speakers, put them behind me, and plug them in, put speaker B, 
run all four speakers at the same time. So that was another decision I want to make. All right, when I come back, let's talk about what you can do with a computer for a stereo. Hacker Public Radio is community radio. Please consider recording your own episodes. We always love to have more material, and our administration will be most helpful in getting you out there. Hey, it's Steve Geeks. Thanks for sticking with me for so long. And I want this to be a good episode. I want to get into some detail with you guys. So one of the things that intrigued me was the concept of doing more with a computer and a stereo than just a stereo. What do I mean by that? Well, think about a stereo, right? You know, you push an FM, you listen to the radio. You pop a CD, you listen to a CD. You pop a cassette, you do a cassette. Maybe you record a cassette. Maybe you mix up your own music and make a mixtape. Okay, and that's kind of the extent of it. But, you know, for the past five years now, I've been downloading a lot of Internet talk shows, as you all know. Um, I've been downloading music, you know, free samples, whatnot, borrowing things from the library, converting them, you know. When I started listening to podcasts, I used to convert the podcast into a CD, put it into my car, put the CD in the car stereo, and listen to the CD of the podcast. Now, I just load that file into my Cowan digital media player, put on headphones in the car, and drive all over the place. So, it changes, but the point is you get more, digi more digital. So, some things beckon. And one of the things that really beckoned um, was the fact of having the uh, high quality for music, as well as when I get to download Japanese animation or TV shows on the internet. It sounds so much better when I watch video now, because I pump the video through the big speakers. makes a hell of a difference. Alright? So that's one thing you can do, is that you become a truly multimedia PC, you know, and multi the, the, the kind of computer accessories you get, like I said, my compute, my desktop speakers for the computer, which were Creative Labs make, were better than the all-in-one stereo. But still there's something about a bigger speaker. And I don't mean the case of the speaker, I mean the actual speaker. I replaced the earbud earbuds for my Cowan iRiver with the biggest headphones I could find. And it sounds that much better. Conversely, I found out this can get you in a little bit of trouble. I actually, you know, made a poor sound quality recording, you know, and it sounded good on my on my big my big bookshelf speakers. When I got onto the uh, headphones, it sounded like crap. So I went the other way. So there's something about the big speaker that that adds to everything. Now. Since I'm playing podcasts, since I'm playing download stuff, now I don't have to convert to something if I don't want to. Now, Linux does all kinds of things with multimedia. 
We all know about what a WAV file is. We all know what an MP3 is. A lot of us know what an AUG is. And a lot of us know what a FLAC file is. Well, now I'm going to public libraries, get music I like, converting it into FLAX. And FLAX, maybe you get twice as much in the same space. Now, I don't know any stereo I can play a FLAC on. And I don't want to confine myself to my portable digital media player. So now I'm basically playing FLAX for almost all my music. And I'm getting a lot more music. And another thing that's interesting is once I began listening to FLAX, my disk drive began filling up. But did I sweat? No, because I had all the options of the computer at my disposal. So what I began doing was I began move them from the disk to CDs and DVDs. Now, it's, it's pretty cool to get two CDs onto a data CD with the FLAC files. Um, the free lossless audio codec uh, makes sure that I don't lose any of the original data. Not that that would be a big deal. A high quality MP3 would certainly have enough sound for, for, that you'd barely notice. But when you begin, instead of using CDs and begin moving files to DVDs, it gets a, the file management gets a little hairy. So, you know, you, you, you create a DVD just like a CD, but the density of the DVD is so much greater than the CD. I took all my Mozart, a bunch of other, all my Beethoven, a few other random classical CDs, uh, convert them to flax, put them all in one DVD. It was like 16 CDs to one DVD. So, what I had to do was, is limit myself to four different artists per DVD. So, you know, you don't have to go hog wild with compression just because you have it. You know, you still have to manage it and um, be able to look at something and say, oh, all my Beethoven and my Mozart. If you list like 50 or 60 artists on, on, on one uh, CD pop, you know, you could, you could, it's going to be a little inconvenient for you. So I began using that, then I would mount the CD or DVD, kick off XMMS, and set up the stereo. And go to bed like that, you know, with the stereo playing. It's cool, you know. Um, one thing I did was I used the shutdown command to uh, turn off the stereo automatically. So if I had, say, 90 minutes of music, I would do shutdown space dash H space plus nine zero and 90 minutes the computer would shut down while another session was playing the music and I would also hit the timer on the, on the stereo. So that's cool and what else is cool about that is as you know I recently had, did an episode, a short episode on batch processing. I could kick off a few batches to run in that 90 minutes have the stereo going Turn off the screen, hit the sack, fall asleep gently with music playing in the background, and uh, come back to it all in the morning, read my email to see what my batch files did, 
What could be better than that? So, before getting to the, the geek tidbit for the day, I'd like to uh, wrap up by uh, uh, telling you all what I'd like to find out about, what I don't know about, and uh, perhaps it'll be fodder for future HPR episodes. I'd like to know about receiving streaming. Alright, now, Linux has a few players that receive streams, but I noticed that a lot of the commercial radio stations kind of do this, I don't know, they, they send you to a web page that only works with Internet Explorer, so I'd like to know how to get around that. I think that would be something cool to know about. Um, to know about what the 5 channel or the 5.1 channel sound experience is like. You know, as a person who's interested in stereo music, stereo classical, jazz, rock, you know, is anything being recorded for that format? This, this is something I don't know. So, I'd like to hear about those things. Today's Geek Tidbit. Converting waves to MP3s. Making your files smaller by using variable bitrate. Now, we all know when we record on the uh, computer, we uh, normally, say, either use a command line recording program, such as A-Record, which is short for Also Record, uh, also being the advanced Linux sound architecture, um, or perhaps we record in Audacity. And normally a lot of people edit in Audacity, and Audacity has a built-in function, or if you have lame in your computer, it will make an MP3 for you. You do export as MP3, and in your preferences you can set, say, most people leave it set for the default for 128 kilobits per second. Now, as far as I know, there's no way of doing variable bitrate MP3s. Now, variable bitrate is interesting because if you record that same file as 128 kilobits per second variable bitrate, it'll only be in that mode of 128 kilobits per second when it needs to. And when you have less busy sound or quiet, it'll drop down to a lower bitrate for those sections. And this can save significantly significant space, significant file size on the MP3s you create. So if you want to save some space and not sacrifice a lot of quality, or perhaps you want to use a higher bitrate and have it be a variable and make it so that you have a variable bitrate at a higher bitrate for the complex sections and lower bitrate for the regular stuff and have it be the same size as a lower quality MP3 you'd make with say 128 kilobits per second fixed bitrate. You might want to explore using LAME with the variable bitrate option dash VBR or dash VBR dash new. That's been today's key tidbit. Thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio. Have a great day.
That was track number 11 from the album Big Dipper by Drop Trio from Magnatune.com. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.